What's up, everybody? It's Bo here with another She-Hulk TV talk. Y'all, if I sound a little under the weather, that is because I am, but that's all right. I wanted to get on here and talk about this episode anyway, because I really, really enjoyed it. You know, one of the things that has been constant throughout this entire series, if you've been listening into these little mini reviews from me, is that I have felt the She-Hulk episodes have been too short. And what this episode helped me to realize is that maybe I was wrong. Maybe it's not that they're too short. Maybe it's really about the structuring of the episode given the runtime that they have to work with. Because sometimes it feels like just when they're getting started, we didn't really kind of get the story or like, I don't know, they just they don't really feel full, right? Like that, I've never really walked away feeling full, but not even like in a, oh, I want another one. Like I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat. Like neither one of those two things were happening. This one felt very good. It felt like we got like a full story. I felt satisfied by the end of it. And I'm excited for the next one. Like this episode really did a whole lot within what it had to work with. And at the same time, I think was probably the shortest episode that they put out so far. So maybe my criticism has more to do with structure than runtime. I don't know. That's just, just a kind of rethinking that. We get the first battle between She-Hulk versus Titania, except in this case, it's in a courtroom battle as opposed, well, I guess the, <laughs> I guess the first one was in a courtroom and it was a battle, but this one's a courtroom battle. <laughs> of course, Titania, though the woman that would go on to trademark or has trademarked the She-Hulk name and brand. Uh, now we have Jessica fighting for a name that she never thought she even wanted and having kind of come to terms with this is who she is, regardless of the fact that it happened to her. This is her now. She has owned this name. And we see as all of her bad dates are paraded out in front of her that, in fact, this is the case that she has gone on to embrace this name. The beef between her and Titania seems very, uh, you know, legal. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like there's not hatred. There's not, oh, I want your power or whatever it may be. It's it just, it's all legal. You know, I'm sure there's more going on and I'm sure that'll be explored because of course, Titania has been really marketed as the uh, antagonist for the series. Now here's something interesting. I am shocked, shocked. I tell you that so many of y'all are still looking at this as if Titania is in fact the antagonist of the series. She is not. This is what we call a bait and switch, all right? Look, I have been of the mindset from the get-go. Like, don't get me wrong. She, she's going to be the, the muscle, right? Like, in terms of the throwdown, that's going to be there. We're seeing her being put on that trajectory where she's going to have to go toe-to-toe in a big, epic battle. But she is not the one pulling the strings, y'all. Look, it's the leader. I've been saying since the beginning of this, this, this series, on all of these episodes, I'm sure I've said at some point, the leader is coming. And guess what we just found out at D23? Ladies and gentlemen, the leader is coming back to the MCU. Now, granted, uh, he's going to be, they announced that he was going to be the, the, the main villain, the primary villain for Captain America, New World Order. But I think what we're getting in this series is the setup to his reintroduction. I think this series is going to end with the leader being fully reintroduced and then setting up what's going to come next in Captain America, New World Order. I guarantee it. I put money on it. I will eat this podcast right here if I am wrong. And that is how sure I am that I am not wrong. Everything's been pointing to it from the first episode where the blood falls in her in her arm and it looks exactly like what happened to the leader. The fact that the 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 mindset, what we were told early on, is that Hulk blood is dangerous, right? Like like Bruce needs to destroy it. Even if there's like a very uh, slim chance that it could have an effect on somebody, it must be destroyed. It can't get out into the public like that. It is powerful, concerning, and it is kind of the thing that we need to be watching out for because that is what somebody is after. We saw that in the throwdown in the streets where the dude stabbed her with the, uh, or tried to stab her with the, the, 
uh, the syringe. Seen a lot of speculation that that same dude is the same stalker boyfriend guy, not boyfriend guy, but the stalker date guy that she sees in this episode again. So that's also very possible. And so we could see something going on where the leader is trying very hard to get her blood. Now, why? Is it just that he's after Hulk blood? Yes, I mean, that's definitely part of it. But you got to remember what it was that Bruce was testing during The Incredible Hulk. Now, unbeknownst to him, and as revealed in The Avengers, it wasn't just that he was testing gamma and gamma radiation. He was testing the super soldier serum. And actually, now that I think about it, I think that was actually revealed in that movie. So The Incredible Hulk and Captain America have been linked all the way back in like the first appearance of The Incredible Hulk. The Super Soldier Serum and Captain America were teased there. So it makes sense that She-Hulk would be setting up for this new Captain America series. And I, I, I guarantee that's what's going on. Again, I will eat this episode, okay? Y'all hold me accountable. I will eat this episode if I am wrong. You know, the other thing I loved about this episode is the fact that we have got this notion or this concept of a superhero tailor. That has always been something I have found fascinating, and I love the concept. Edna Mode was such a cool character in The Incredibles. And now we got this new dude. I want to say Luke, but I can't remember his name. Again, hot takes right after I saw it, so I can't I can't quite recall. He might even have some comic book origins or inspiration or, you know, I don't know, like Toy Maker or something like that. Although I think actually I think that character has already been introduced. But anyway, point is that he's I don't know if he's somebody in the comics or not, but he is definitely needed in this universe. And I am super stoked to see him play into other series as well. All of these Disney Plus series have been grappling with the idea of how do we get these characters a costume, right? Wanda, magic, chaos, costume, you know, came out of nowhere at the very end of, of, of that series. Kamala with her, you know, her mom made her costume, which is sweet. That was very sweet. And it used a lot of like, you know, things that she found throughout the entire series. And that was, that was kind of cool. Hawkeye had a costume that was made by cosplayers, which is fine. Fine. It's fine for what it is. It's fine. It's, it's fine. But this, this right here, this is what we need. An underground superhero tailor that is creating costumes for the more like meta inclined. And I'm really excited to see. And I really hope that this is a character that is set up that we will see play in as new characters get introduced. They've played around with this idea before. They actually had someone who was creating costumes, kind of unique costumes in the Daredevil Netflix series. If you can kind of cast your mind back to that. Back then, Kingpin even got this person to make him a custom suit so that literally he was wearing, you know, his, you know, standard Kingpin suit. But it had like this, like, uh, I don't know, like armor that was kind of woven into it, which by the way, when we were all getting mad that he like took a, you know, took a, a car to the chest or a van to the chest in Hawkeye. And we're like, how did he survive that? Well, y'all, he, he does have super suits. I mean, they don't, they just look like regular suits, which to me kind of makes me wonder, like, I wonder if this dude even maybe used to work for Kingpin. You know what I mean? Like, cause you know, it's a little bit more styling. Anyway, I'm just saying that that, that could be the case. I, I'm looking forward to seeing how that all plays in this episode. As I mentioned, one of the shorter episodes, and yet it felt very full. We got everything that, you know, you need from an enjoyable episode of She-Hulk, plus a little bit of teaser, and they didn't even have to cast it all the way to the end after the coda or for the end credits. They didn't have to. It worked out exactly where it was. I don't even know that we needed that teaser for Daredevil, but yo, I'm stoked for the next one. So overall, I'm really, really excited for uh, what we're going to see and how this is going to continue to play out. And I uh, hope, hope you really enjoyed it as well. Y'all, that's going to do it for me for today, but let me know your thoughts. You can find all of our contact information at tvtalk.fm. You can also follow us online at tvtalkfm on the Twitters. That is going to do it for me, but don't worry. I'll be back in a flash. <laughs>